to play in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Turn handle in left side. Finds a little bit of a hole, keeps his leg moving. He's across the 40, midfield, 45, he's on the run winch. 40, pushes the man, 35, look at him go. He's down to 20, 15, he could go. He is going to go. Touchdown, Seahawks. Oh, my word. A 67-yard run. Marshawn Lynch, unbelievable. The beast is alive and well. Wide receivers to either side. Russell takes the snap. He drops back. He's going to throw down the middle. He's got a man. Come on. It has been decided, maybe since the safety in the first quarter. 12, they're bringing the trophy home. Your Seahawks, Super Bowl 48 champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Seahawks and football fans everywhere, welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks podcast. I hope you're all doing well. As Scott Osler of the San Francisco Chronicle said this week in his article, the Seattle Seahawks are like Pete Carroll's gum. They're never dead, they just need an occasional refreshing. The Seattle Seahawks are in the 2023 playoffs, baby. Um, I'm just going to say that again for the purpose of the podcast and for the purpose of my brain still trying to to process this information um, from the start of the season, because I never thought I'd be able to say this this year, but the Seattle Seahawks, led by the coin flip king himself, Gino Pissin-Smith, are in the playoffs with a nine and eight regular season record. I it won't sink in until the season's finished, whatever happens this weekend. Um, but I don't I don't care what happens this weekend as a little spoiler ahead of the podcast getting into it. I don't really care what we're in the playoffs. Um I'm on cloud nine and I'm sure these two lads are as well with me. Um as always, Mr Positive himself, Pez, how are you doing mate? I'm good mate. Well, who would have thought it? <laughs> who would have? <laughs> not me, not you. We won that. We we won that game. I went to bed and I went. That was fun because I was like, it had everything. It was close. It was shit. It was good. It was fun. You just could laugh. DK's head butting people yet again. Amazing. Love it. Loved everything about that game. Went to bed and I thought, well, at least we went out on a high. Sound. The Lions, what, have never worn at Lambeau or something like that? Never took Rodgers down away? Wake up. Check the score straight away, obviously. Um, I'm like, that, that's highlighted. The Lions, no. Five times. If you're no looking one... at your phone yeah. that close, mate, you need specs. I'm half asleep. <laughs> I've got my son waking me up at like six in the morning. I've only gone to bed at fucking one. I'm like that. For no one who's watching the watching the video, I'm literally looking at my bag about squinting about five times. Just what the fuck? So I get straight onto my mate who's a Niners fan, and I'm like, you're fucking dead. 
Give him loads. <laughs> Full energy. We've got nothing to lose. Like I said all season, nothing to lose. No stress. No, no one needs to get angry. No one needs to get upset. Like, don't get me wrong. For it's weird. For many a year, it pissed me off. We've got to the playoffs and gone out in the first round. But what minus ten underdogs? No one expects us to do fuck all. But there's one thing people need to remember: if there's a team that the Niners, whether they want to admit it or not, wants to play in the first round of Brock Purdy's ever playoff game, will be the Seattle Seahawks. Simple as, because you look at our history in Levi. I think it's like ninety percent. Of the time we've gone to Levi with Pete Carroll, he's won. Before I get too carried away on myself, because this is the only the opening segment. I don't. I just asked how you were doing, but I'm just. I'm just. Just that. It doesn't also, matter about me, James. It doesn't place. matter about me. It doesn't matter about me. We we're in the playoffs. We're going to destroy them dirty Niners, and if not, I'll destroy my mate who I'm watching it with. Me, Pez. I do worry I've gone full this. energy on this. I'm watching it with a Niners fan in a pub. That's the only way to do it. That's the only I'm way to do it. Walking out with blood, aren't we? Oh, are you? Josh, how are you, mate? I'm, I'm brilliant, mate. I'm, uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to top Pez's intro there. Beat yeah, that. Really good. Um, <laughs> Beat that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think Pez and I, and probably you, Jim, although you're a dirty student, so you're probably going to have to stay up for the game. Um, Pez and I, when we woke up, like the majority of the Seahawks base fan base, looked at our phones and went, nah. Looked again. Oh my God, Jared Goff's done us a favour. About time he did something for like for a team. Um, yeah, I was just I was blown away. <laughs> my missus was like, You're right. I was like, she went, Did you win last night? I went, Yeah. She went, Why are you smiling so much? She went, We're in the playoffs. She went, not really caring about the NFL. She went, all right, cool. Went, no, no, we, we're only in the playoffs because someone else beat a better team. And weirdly enough, when I went shopping the other day, I saw a guy get out of his car wearing a Green Bay hat and I had to comment. And I was like, oh, that's an unfortunate hat to be wearing, mate. He was like, I oh, know, still wear it with pride though. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, good. And then after talking to him, finds out I'm in a fantasy football league with him. Weird. Small so I'm world. just going to... I know I am. Just, well, it's, I, I live in a very small town, but I'm just going to absolutely rip him for as long as possible now. But yeah, I'm. Th- this season has it has exceeded everyone's expectations. Ours especially from our hot takes. What well, I can't remember what our hot takes were. I need to listen back to the pod. Oh, we'll revisit I think, them. We'll I think revisit I was them. down at like seven, seven wins, um, maybe six. <laughs> no, worse than that. I think it was like five we, or six. I'm pretty sure we're about six, maybe. Uh, but yeah, this has just been what a roller coaster. I mean, we'll get into it, but let's just I, I, let's get into it, boys. I'm just excited to talk about this now. Well, let's, as Josh says, let's get into it. Um, we're going to do a bit of a half and half, a little Rams review and a little 49ers preview um, tonight for you. Have a little look back over the game that, of course, well, it didn't clinch us the playoffs, as you said, the Lions clinched the playoffs for us, um, but it was the win that helped us clinch the playoffs. Um, well, the just about win, the heart attack win, um, dearie me. Uh, and then, of course, we'll get on to the uh, to the 49ers game coming up this weekend and how we could potentially upset the Niners. Um, but we'll start with the Rams because 
we've got to. That's 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 the the thing that came first, the event on the timeline that happened first. Um, we go in there, and as I said on this podcast, and if you're in our Twitter live, um, you'll have heard me say that I thought it was going to be about forty-one thirty-seven or something in the heat of the moment, five minutes before kickoff, uh, with a DS Gridge opening touchdown, forgetting of course he was on IR because of course he is. Um, that, that's just the headspace that I was in after a little cracking, little 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 cracking and cork that I, I had. Say, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there was a few liquids flowing through me, uh, through my system um, at that point. So <laughs> you can you can understand why I thought D. Eskridge was going to get a first touchdown for that game. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, they made hard work of it. They made so hard work of it. But we knew that they would. And our hearts as Seahawks fans have been through enough. It, it, you can't batter us. You can't bruise us any more than this team have already put us through over the years. We're a hardened folk supporting this team. Um, but I, I will admit, I was on the floor, head in my hands, when Jason Myers missed that field goal to win us the game. You go to overtime, and you just think, at that point, I was just, I was just, I was just confined in the in the knowledge that we were going to lose. Myers hits the hits the upright. So, ah, they're going to win the coin toss. Baker's going to go down, win the game. And then, of course, we, we, we give him the ball back to start all the time. Baker gets the ball back and then throws the deep ball. And you, you hear Sanchez go, as we've already said on this podcast before, about the double move and talking about you hearing Sanchez shout something before something actually happens. And you're watching it and he shouts, oh, he's got someone. And you think, oh, shit, this is it. This is it. My heart's about to be broken in two seconds. I can't remember the receiver. Was it two? Well, or whoever shit house it was. Uh, Van Jefferson, Jefferson, I think it was. Van Jefferson, yeah, well, Quandria Diggs comes in like a van, flying across the screen, absolutely takes it away from him. Little little nod to Bobby Wagner on the sideline, little shit out here, do you want the football? Ah, you're not having it, we're having it back. Get in. Oh, my God. Um, what a game. What a game. Um, it was great, not- James. It was mental. Even even the missed field goal, even the missed field goal, I fucking loved it. I was sat there and I was like, he's missing this. And then when he missed it, I was like, this is fucking brilliant. More because in my head, I was like, this is the last action we're going to see. I want to milk this for as long as I possibly can. Let's go overtime and drain the clock in overtime. Let's have let's go to fucking deaths. And then that the commentary on the uh, Baker, it's like you you, you saw the biasy come out. He's like. Mm. Oh my god, and he's got someone as well. Like, <laughs> Mark Sanchez, old butt fumble. It should just be called the kiss of death because it's every time you preempt something, something adverse happens. It's like it's it's predestined every single time. He just uh, the, the man is responsible for one of the most iconic fuck ups in NFL history, and then they put him in the broadcast booth, and he just he just seems to generate them for other teams. I love it, but I hope he never ever like commentates on one of our games again. And James, um, you made you said something before. What I need to uh, address: how you said we're used to the pain, we're used to being have dragged out. But I don't feel like we've truly had that for many a season now. I feel like for many seasons, if you think about when we were good, meaning playoff, um, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, championship, mm-hmm. or when we were in that stage, and can you remember what you were like then compared to 
these last couple of years, like 2017, so these last five years compared to the five years before. Because mm-hmm. the five years before were a lot more stressful than the five years after because it was a bit more of a, this is just becoming a piss take now. What I saw in this game against the Rams, now I am an advocate of Pete Carroll needing to do one, don't have faith in him, don't really trust him anymore with his guidance of where he, his direction of where he wants to go. But one thing I saw in this game is you saw the good old Seahawks back. You saw the good old stress back. The defence actually... Sorry, you pause the video if you want. I've, uh, I've, my cat's managed to get in and I have no idea. Hang on, I'm going to kick her out. <laughs> um, I'll carry on whilst Josh is uh, thingy. So what I saw was it reminded me of the, the good old days, the competitive Seahawks days where it was just stupidity what we were watching, how they dragged that game out. Proper successful Pete Carroll football. So you, oh, yeah. Successful Pete Carroll football, like back-to-back Super Bowls, and then you've got Pete Carroll football for the last five years, which got us nowhere and it's just made us stagnant. And in this game, I just got that feeling of like the frustration of a successful Pete Carroll, like Pete Ball. And that got me a little bit excited because I was like, is that like a little thing I've seen? Is that something we can see into the future? Because like I said, I'm, I'm not backtracking or anything on my stance with Pete. But if that's a little, if I've just got a little fucking little hair standing up on my hand like oof you just don't know you just, just don't, don't know. know well positive we... pez all episode now and everyone who listens all our regular <laughs> listeners know positive pez lives in a different realm of reality oh we're See, well aware of that you're gonna get that all episode because good i tell you now james when i call that we're gonna beat the niners we're gonna beat the niners well, as it so happens, Pez is a little spoiler. I might be on the same page as you, but we'll get to that. We will get to oh. that. But what we do know is we've got a new franchise. Look at Josh, look at pessimistic Josh. He's like, we're going to go, guys. Excuse me. I, I think you'll the, find uh, I, I, I am the, the eternal optimist. Where, where you where you kids always go, no, so no, we're going to lose this one. I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. I think we do all right. You're like, more oh, right, the eternal optimist. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm going into this now as I have done for the majority of the season, with no expectation. I'm just going to let it ride out and enjoy it. I'm going to crack and open some beers on Saturday night, and I am just going to enjoy the whole thing because there's no point getting stressed about it. There's no point in like hoping for too much at the end of the day we've overachieved on this whole season um we've we've found some cracking players we've played some lovely football had some frustrating football seahawks football and now we're in the playoffs and i just want to let it ride out I, i'm i'm just i'm enjoying yeah, I the wild did you just I say, hate you, josh. Did you I just hate say you, let's josh. ride did you just say let's ride there josh definitely definitely not no so i, I hear what you're saying out. josh I hear what you're saying. I'm on the same wavelength. So all I want from you in this podcast is positive, Josh. No fence sitting. 
no nothing. We're getting ridiculous. We've got nothing to lose. We might we might I can't do it. I, can't, I just can't. I can't I be overly positive without looking at it logically. And the, oh, the, all, there's too many logic, variables, ev- mate. But everyone knows logic. We don't need you to say what we don't need you to tell everyone what they already know. Yeah, but I'm I'm the impartial fence sitter, mate. That's that's my no, that's my role no, on the pod. No, no. You you give it all the big in and and you stay positive as you like, and I will be like, have we considered this? But what about this? And oh, look no. at these stats. You're not at work now, Josh. Switch off from work, Josh. <laughs> Get into fantasy land. Come on. Well, a guy who has done quite well in fantasy land this season is also now our franchise record holder in quite a few stats, Geno Smith, um, from this Rams game. He now has the following four records in, in franchise history for a single season. Um, the most completions in a single season, which now is 397, beating Russell Wilson's 384. He now has the franchise single season record for attempts which is 566, which beats Matt Hasselbeck's 562. He has the franchise single season record for completion percentage at 70.1%, as my dog starts DJing in the background, um, beating Russell Wilson 68.8%. And of course, he now holds the passing yards record for a single season of 4,254 yards, beating Russell Wilson's 4,219. However, again, as my dog releases his latest diss track in the background. Um, it was his only game. It's just special guests on this pod. We've had Missy the cat. We've had whatever his dog's called. I think some, it's some the Tory name. The, uh, it's probably Cameron. called Engelbert or Vincent Vincentson. Uh, I, th- I think it was, I think Baker Mayfield's turned up at the front door asking to speak to Josh or something. I, I, I don't know what it is. It, it, uh, we'll sort it out after I get off the end of the pod. Um, anyway, anyway um, even though he broke all those records, it was his only, the only game, other than the 49ers game in week two, I think, that he had a negative touchdown to interception ratio, one touchdown for two interceptions. Um, I'll go to you, Josh, first. Um, did we win this game? In spite of Geno Smith, in a way, did we win this game because of Geno Smith? Was it Ken play calling? I mean, are we? Are you any further? For fuck's sake, that fucking dog! <laughs> <laughs> Professional Albert, podcasters. Albert, shut the fuck up! Yeah. Anyway, fucking and they go, you're about showering at fucking ten o'clock at night. It's my bloody Don't house. He's being at ten to. Your house, you bought it. It's my bloody house, it is. I pay Which bought it. Yeah. King of the house. Yeah. yeah. I, I pay my I deserve to be quiet whilst I'm podcasting. Absolutely, Josh. You know it. We're professional here. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you even pay rent? About, about uh, no, Lodge. Lodge. <laughs> Lodge. <laughs> Lodge. 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 Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> pair of cheeky bastards. Are we any further clear to. Geno Smith's price tag in the offseason from this game. Are you, are you any are your thoughts changed on whether you would potentially pay Geno from this game, leading us into the playoffs? No. No? no. My stance has not changed at all. I mean, we, we said it like off, off air, so we have our, our TikTok page, everyone go follow us, We Talk Seahawks. I, I put up a couple of questions this week. Um, one of them was, does Geno deserve to get paid? And I thought people would take that as does he deserve to get paid, get the bag? Then I had to clarify. 
upon clarifying, some people have come up with some, quite frankly, ridiculous figures. Um, tw- was it 75 mil over three years? 25 mil a year for Gino. Now, the man has done exceptionally well for someone who has basically been a career backup. He's he's now he's broken three records this year. Um, I passed, I put that partly down to him. He's he's proven he was he was one of the the top touted like college prospects coming out of the draft. His maturity's probably come through now, so he knows he can't just throw a deep ball every time. But also the system that he's playing in allows him to make those throws. Shane Waldron is scheming things up so well. So for people to be like, oh, Gino deserves 25 mil a year, a three-year contract, I tell them to sit down and shut the fuck up. Maximum, 15 mil a year. Yeah. (laughs) 15 mil a year. Lace it with incentives. I don't mind. But he's 33. Someone said he's this age with such little mileage in his legs. It doesn't matter. All right, he's 33. In sporting terms, that is getting on. Okay, and as he's probably experienced, he's going to get sacked in this team. No two ways about it. He's going to eat sacks. 15 mil a year incentives. I'm two or three years fine. I think if we draft a QB this year, it'll be two years. If we don't, and it's the year after, it'll be three. And I'm not going to take it away from him. He has been good. He's been one of the shining lights on this offense. He He's really started to make things click. But I would refuse point blank to pay him elite money. I mean, with that being said, like th- I think this game was won not because of Gino, because what he threw for 213 yards. It's not record-breaking. It's not elite-level passing that. You know, we won because we had a great run game. We took our opportunities. The defence showed up. Our sacks, like five sacks this game, you know, and the contributors were the people you wanted to contribute. Even Kobe Bryant, which I was astounded by. But that shows flexibility in our play calling, which I'm more than happy with. My guy. My guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and then you've got like Bruce Irving, Bruce coming back in and and doing bits. This wasn't a one man show, and this whole season hasn't been the Geno Smith show, which, to his credit, was a really good thing. But the fact that he is not a game winner, he's not a Patrick Mahomes, he's not a Tom Brady, you know, uh, and his good days, you know, he's not one of those elite level QBs. Ergo does not deserve to be paid like one. When he's got a supporting cast around him, as he will, by the end of this draft, with the capital we've got, he should have enough of a supporting cast around him where we can just win games if he plays like shit or not. Because we should be able to bolster our defence and fill those holes, have a D-line that will stop the run. The secondary has already proved that they're really good against the pass, providing we're not playing pre-event. And then up front, if we solidify our guards, I'm not adverse to keeping Austin Blythe. I think he's been good. He's he's undersized, but he's fleet of foot, and you watch him get around. Um, I think 
get another running back possibly to complement that room mm. and we should be firing all cylinders you know we've we've got a squad now which can do things I think that this game was a, a culmination of everything I think it was great play calling the fact that we pulled out pulled out a wildcat which worked you know but I'll let Pez go he'll See, wax lyrical about DJ yeah. I'll bring Pez into it here because, and, and, and lead it on with because you've led on to what I was going to ask pretty perfectly in terms of the player calling. Um, I I wasn't particularly sold on the player calling from this game. Um, I think it was evident that it was a little bit conservative in the sense that Ken Walker had 29 carries for 114 yards, which is excellent. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. knocking Ken Walker for going over 100 yards, but it was pretty evident that they leaned on the running game um, this game with because, I mean, Tyler Lockett led our team in receptions with four. Um, so they weren't really putting the ball in the air as often as we would like them to do and as much as our RPO system would probably sort of demand them to do. Um, granted, obviously, you've got Jalen Ramsey there to interceptions. You know, you've got to respect that in terms of putting the ball in the air when you've got someone like that on the uh, on the field. But I don't know, it, the Wildcat ones, it, it was just... It was too early in the game for me a little bit for that. And and I just, I didn't like it at the time. I, I was watching it with my dad and I just said, it feels like the, the, they're calling these players. If we were 30 points up, call them players. But we hadn't won the game. It was a tie game at that point And I didn't like it. And we kept the game close. And I, I felt we got a little bit cocky too early on. And then, and then they kind of went away with that. And then again, in the red zone, struggling a little bit. I mean, the, I mean, the fourth down, fourth and inches tossed to Ken Walker's ballsy as hell. And yes, it worked, but I, I, to be honest with you, I think it was a, it's a poor play call. It worked on that occasion, but I think that's a poor mm. play call. Um, and then going down to the two-yard line, handing it off to Ken Walker three times, um, practically running the same play three times. Not great play call in there either for me. So in terms of bringing you into this, Pez, do you think, did you think the play calling made Gino potentially look a bit worse in this game? Or were you happy with the play calling? And did you just think this was a bit of a rough game from Gino? How, how did you see this it game? Was a, it was a rough game from Gino because he didn't look happy all game. <clears throat> Something I noticed, he did not look happy all game. Just quickly on Gino, um, to add, something I've noticed all season about him. What we're going to need this this week is when he has a rough game like this and he has a bad game, He know, his next game is normally a really solid, well-executed game from himself. It's going to need to be. going to need it. <laughs> now, with the play calling, I was listening to you, your opinion, and I don't know because I like the Wildcats. I liked all that kind of stuff. I do know what you mean in the sense of like... We played three at the start and then bottled up. It's almost like Waldron was just doing Waldron and then Pete kind of took over a little bit and made it conservative. Um, but I didn't mind it. I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was a breath of fresh air for us because the thing you got to, th- to bring it into this week, you, realistically, like Josh said, we all know, like we all know what's slapping us in the face. We all know that the Niners are probably one of the most dangerous teams in the league. At every single phase of the game, we need 
play calls. We need to play Wildcat. We need to play all this. We need to do all that to just stay with them, really. Mm. Our defence is going gonna, is gonna to have it. If it was just CMC, I'd be like, this is going to be tough. They've got Eliza Mitchell back now. And he showed on the weekend he's ready to burn. He looked explosive. He's ready to go. He got he got 59 yards of a small amount of reps. That's probably enough for him to go and put his body out against us. So now you've got two running backs, not just one who's the best in the league, especially at running into the flat, something we struggle with all year. If this defense doesn't step up in a way where it plays a full solid game like it did in the Kansas City game in the second half of the in the second half, it's going to struggle because Jordan Brooks is the anchor to a lot of that situation, in my opinion. But we're going to need play calling as wild as what we saw. It needs to be sporadic. It needs to be like Kyle Shanahan's not seen before. Mm-hmm. He, we, we need it. We, I totally we understand wild. that. We need all that. Oh, I totally but, understand that for the Niners game, but I felt like it, we didn't need to do that in that game at that moment in time for me. Do it in the Niners game, do, absolutely. Do you but. know what it felt like to me when I watched it? It felt like the end of last season. Remember the end of last season where we were just doing all kinds of mad shit because we had nothing to lose? It's almost like we have nothing to lose. Mm. So let's just have a little bit of fun. Let's see what works. Let's see what doesn't work. You know, I, personally, I had I had no issues Um I had overall, I had no issues with the play calling. Like I said to you before, it, it was just a, a well executed peat ball game. It, the, the, how we played the Rams, obviously not as explosive and not like not putting as much points up, but how we played them is how we used to always play. Like, like, to repeat myself what I said before, that's how we used to always play. When we had Beast Mall, when we had Ross, when we had the receivers, that's how we played. So we're going to need a bit of that. We're going to need Ken. We're going to need DJ to have his fucking angry boots on. We're going to need We're going to need trickery. We're going to need Dorit Youngman. How fast that lad is. He's been a shock, get hasn't him. he? That I've... Get, 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 get him on jet sweeps because they, they will not understand what's gone on. And just to... Derek Young, two receptions, was it? It was, yes. <laughs> you're trying to tell us that you, you called that one, Pez. You'll call it now. Well, go, go and listen to... I know he did. Go and listen to the podcast. I know he did. Why are you just, dismissing me? Why are you dismissing me like that? that? Josh mocked me when I said it, rolled his eyes and hugged. I just think, if you ever you know decide what? to have a career change, you, just, I think Dorit Young's PR team would love to have you on. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> no, but I do. So, bringing up Dorit Young, I genuinely feel like if we're going to cause the upset, what everyone thinks we're going to cause, it is going to take a player like a Dorit Young or Kay Johnson. Do you know when nobody... Not all year. Loads of hype in training camp. All season, nothing. But at the end of the day, the Niners are uh, like one of the best defences in, in the league. It is going to take uh, Colby Parkinson, uh, Dorit Young, 
a Cade Johnson. It's going to take one of them fellas mm. to do something amazing to gain G. So look at Derek Young. Look at the speed. Look at look what he can actually do. These last couple of weeks, he can run routes. He, he's quite slippery. He had sauce on his ass. Did sauce for a guy who is a nobody. No one knows who this kid is. Like, what? There was no stats on him when they drafted him. Like, they don't know him. But he's showing that he's got something. Now, all it might take is him to catch, break his receiver, catch a deep ball. I'm not saying touchdown, but do you know, catch, get Gino's attention. Gino's like, all right, okay. And the Niners don't have a fucking clue about this kid. And they're now scratching their heads. And they're like, right, so he's the same size as DK. He's as fast, if not faster than DK. Right, we're going to have to double this kid up. And then DK is free to go and run and do what he wants. And then Tyler, oh, shit, what about little Tyler in the middle? Open the floodgates. That If we're going to, gen- like, in all seriousness, like I said, we're going to live in fantasy land and be all really positive because they're the Niners and we're going to, beat him anyway but it's gonna in my opinion it's gonna take a nobody to come and do something in this game for us to win interesting i think what we're also going to need is and you've mentioned the 49ers defense how about our defense um against the jets not allowing a touchdown and then against the rams again as you said pairs there peak ball in full effect we played excellent defense in my opinion um I'll, I'll run you through the little the little sack totals as as we like to do. Uchenna um, Nwosu half a sack. Kobe Bryant with a sack. A your boy Pez. Um, obviously, Quandre Diggs got the interception. Bruce Irvin for one and a half sacks. And then you've got Boye Maffe with a sack and Daryl Taylor with a oh, sack. Um, look, I think our defense is is has turned a little bit of a corner in these last couple of weeks and is playing really well again now. You could argue potentially against the level the, the sort of level of opposition. Um but here's a little stat for you for Daryl Taylor. Um he's got sacks in five of his last six games and and in seven of his last nine games. And Taylor at this moment in time ranks first in pass rush efficiency among edge rushes over the last five weeks of the NFL season. Um so I tell you what how about our defence? And, and I'll tell you what you're saying, we're going to need someone maybe on offence and that. We're going to need this defence and we needed them against the Rams because, Josh, I think if the defence and particularly our edge rushers and, and little Kobe Bryant didn't get to get to the uh, to the Rams quarterback this game, I think we'd potentially lose that game if they didn't get to Mayfield. So um, I think they were massively important in, in winning mm-hmm. this game for us um, and obviously keeping our, keeping our season alive. Um, so how much have you been impressed with the defence in this Rams game and how much do you think you know are, are we going to need them obviously in this 49ers game coming up I, I think the, the defence this 49ers game is it's going to be important that, that goes without saying I mean you look at the weapons that they've got Brandon Ayuk's gone for over a thousand yards I, I don't think Christian McCaffrey has gone a game without a touchdown since he joined the 49ers the defence is going to be invaluable. I think the fact that it's young and it depends which one turns up. If we turn up as this 3-4 hybrid as opposed to predominantly 4-3, I think we'll do a better job. Because we've shown if we turn up with a 3-4, sometimes we rush five men. You know, we have this... The the fact Kobe Bryant came off the edge, I thought was outstanding play. Just Just getting him more involved. It was brilliant to see. 
Daryl Taylor finally showing what he can do. Um, like I said I've, I've got a lot of love for that man. I think he's he's massively underperformed, but he's on nine and a half sacks for the season now. Hopefully by the end of this game he'll be in double digits. Um, and Chenin Nuosu, he's still he causes so many issues just rushing because people have always got to keep an eye out for him. Um, Shelby Harris, I think, has been absolutely outstanding Unspoken every time he's played. Pardon? Unspoken hero, Shelby Harris. Oh, yeah. Big time, big time. He's, he's, I think Al Woods has been, he's the cornerstone of that. Yeah, he's cornerstone of that defense, but he's, he's absolutely, you know, he, he's in on everything. Shelby Harris comes in, same as Q Jeff. They rotate in, they do their bits, they come up with some invaluable plays. I think the, the defense in this game is going to have to come up big. I think the, the key thing is going to be putting pressure on Purdy. And keeping an eye on McCaffrey, whether that is going to be stopping the run or watching him for as a receiver, because he is just as deadly catching that ball. And I think that the, the the flats that could kill us is basically going to be the same as them. Just just if they just run some screens to him, you know, if we have one of those games where we forget what they are and how to defend them, we're screwed. Luckily, Cody Barton seems to have taking up KJ's old role of just diagnosing them and breaking them up. But I think that's going to be the key to it. It's going to be it's these big matchups that I think are going to be key to us winning, but I, I don't think the defence is going to be our biggest contributor for this. I think it's all going to boil down to the offence. And like Pez said before, I think we're going to need to pull some players out of the bag that we don't usually do. That, that's what impressed me so much about this game. We were pulling these these wildcats out. There were formations and there were receptions and, and routes being run that I hadn't seen. And it's just like Waldron's just gone, you know what? Last game of the season, you know, put it all on the line. Let's go for it. And I think that genuinely surprised the Rams defence. And I think that's going to do the same for San Francisco because they are an elite unit. Their D is outstanding front to back. To add, just to add to that on the offense, we've got that much speed. We've got that much speed in plays that aren't being utilized. Mm-hmm. If there's a game where Pete just says, I will do anything to beat these guys, is just let Waldron do the things he was doing at the Rams with jet sweeps, with guys like Derek Young, like DK. They've done it in the past. Like these are speed demons. You get a you get a solid block on the line with like a Dorit Young on a jet sweep. He's gone. He's mm-hmm. out of there. He's absolutely flying. But uh on the defense, I wanted to add um you said a few points there, Josh. What got me thinking is Daryl Taylor, because you, you put you put that segment on uh, TikTok, didn't you? About like why do these players only get hot and then repeat, rinse and repeat. He gets hot towards the end and then at the start he's slow and hot and slow. One thing I've not seen with Daryl Taylor yet is so these last couple of games he's got hot. But we're now going into a territory where he's hot but he's not a stop. If you know what I mean. So now let's see. He's on full burners now. His confidence must be Blowing after these yeah, last yeah. couple of games, 
Whereas normally in the past, he's either in, picked up an injury or like last year, we didn't make the playoffs. But now he has. Let's just see what a fully hot Daryl Taylor can do. Because I was I saw I saw a stat and I listened to a podcast and the Niners, Brock Purdy does actually really well at getting the ball out quick. Like he he he's better against the blitz than he is against other coverages. Mm. And I honestly believe if our players turn up like they have been doing these last couple of weeks and stay true to themselves with the aggression like they do, I think we could get to him. And he, with Purdy, I think he is like a Tom Brady or a Rodgers, but in the sense of he's a rookie and it's his first playoff. You get to him early and you freeing out him on his very first drive in the playoffs, it doesn't matter what Kyle Shanahan wants to whisper in his ear, that will niggle away at his head. And if it is your Nawalsu and your Taylor and they get thirsty straight from the get-go, People might be surprised how he might crumble. His whole line is elite. But the thing what we needed to see from the Walsu, because he has been quiet these last couple of weeks, is a stat line game like we saw last week. Mm-hmm. Was it four QB hits? We need him to have that start of the season mentality where he was just unstoppable. It doesn't matter who was put in front of him. He was destroying guys. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Maffey. Maffey has come really... He doesn't get enough attention for how well he actually... The, the amount of respect on the field he gets by the O-line because he causes fucking nightmares on that O-line. And he quietly goes about his business because he's a rookie, not really had that many snaps. General media and that... They, don't really care about him. But if you sit back and think about when he has been on the field and when them sets have took place, Maffey's normally there or thereabouts disrupting shit. The same with Shelby Harris. Um, you said at the start of the season, Josh, you, you pulled him up and said, he's not really doing anything. Do you know what I see with Shelby Harris these last couple of weeks? He, You see a man now who is comfortable and confident in the new yeah. scheme he's in. Because he is an absolute monster straight through the middle. Him and our woods are fucking horrendous straight through the middle. How many times in that Rams game did Shelby Harris just destroy the interior of their all line and he was there? Oh, Daryl Taylor's got the sack, but it would be 93 there causing the reason for why Baker would bottle up. And we need that against Purdy because in all the games I've watched, I never feel like he's he because he's got elite elite left guard. Is it is it the left guard? Is it uh, Trent Williams? They have the left tackle. Left tackle. Yeah, yeah. And he, I think he saves his ass so much. Mm. All we need is that that look. Him having a bit of an off day. Get to Purdy early. See you later. Um, another thing, I wanted what you said about Kobe Bryant. His production these last two games have been completely different to... I've noticed him more. So you're not just noticing him when he's chasing a guy in the middle of the field. You're starting to notice him more positively. And do you know what I've noticed from him when you said it, Josh? It clicked in my brain a little bit. I think what they're doing is they're bringing Colby out of the slot 
and helping the linebackers mm-hmm. because he's he's now more predominant on the line and he's more predominant doing chasing running backs. I think it was Cam Akers this game who was the first one who was at him nearly every time. It was Colby yeah. Brain who was chasing um, chasing Baker out of the backfield. That's how we need to play him. No conservative Pete. You need it worked. Use Colby like that because he might not have the top speed, but he has good burst and agility. And that's all you just need. You just need a body in a face to let the big guy come and do the job. And like Ryan Neal's going to be valuable to have back. You get all them dogs back. Get all them dogs back. Ryan Neal did a really good job playing that Jamal Adams role, roaming the line, the box, coverage. Um, Abram looks like he's serviceable. So he looks like a any... child wearing his dad's football pads, is what he looks yeah. like. <laughs> we can't have any we can't have any of this conservative Pete bottling himself up and being afraid to play loose. There's a reason this defense is turned on these last couple of weeks, and that's because key players have been changed from what they were doing beforehand. And that is the key for me. That 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 just is genuinely the key. I doubt my one thing, you get to Purdy early, and I think he'll bottle his shit. I think he'll bottle up. I think he'll shit himself. And he'll be he'll be a bit more them quick throws will start being a bit wild quick throws, a bit like Gino. Yeah. With Ramsey. Quick, yeah. It, get it out. Don't want to get hit. Oh, this is a bit uncomfortable. I've not had this before. Pick, pick, pick. The time has come for you both to mute up as you give me a little five-minute segment as I'm about to give you my five reasons as to why the Seattle Seahawks will beat the 49ers this week, or why the Seattle Seahawks can beat the San Francisco 49ers this week. Well, see, we said, we, said, we said he needs a segment for himself because he doesn't get much airtime, and then he comes out with five points. He's taking the piss. Oh, no. Five. Positive, James. Positive, James. <laughs> hey, that's copyright. That's your jingle, mate. Anyway. Go on, Jimbo. Right. Okay. So if you'd like to give me five minutes or so of my time, I'll try and keep this to five minutes. And uh, I will try my best to explain to you why I think these are the five reasons why the Seattle Seahawks can beat the San Francisco 49ers this week and cause an almighty upset. Um, first reason, we've talked about them a lot already on this podcast, the San Francisco 49ers defence. Um, I don't think they've been as stout as they would lead you to believe in the past few weeks. Um, I think they've been cracks have started to potentially appear and there's weaknesses that we can exploit there. Um, I'll I'll, I'll put a little bit of evidence out on the table for you. Um, In the last game against the Cardinals in what was effectively their B team, pretty much their C team by one or two players of the Cardinals, um, they allowed AJ Green to have a season high in receiving yards of 91. Uh, and, a, and a touchdown. That's AJ Green, uh, who prior to this game, his best yardage total this season was 50 against the Niners. He had 91. Um, week before, you, you'll remember they went to that overtime game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Jared Stidham and the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Jared Stidham, out of interest, threw for 365 yards against this cat. This this uh, sorry, not this Cardinals defense. This 49ers defense. Um, 365 passing yards, 135 rushing yards um, against the, against those Raiders. And as well as Jared Stidham, they also 
allowed Devontae Adams seven receptions for 153 yards and two touchdowns. Now, just, just out of interest, when we played the Raiders, yes, we also lost to the Raiders as well, but Devontae Adams against the Seattle Seahawks defence, seven receptions for 74 yards and no touchdowns. So, you know, we, they didn't do as well as our Seahawks did at bottling up Devontae Adams, so I'll just put that out there as well. Um, it wasn't just Devontae Adams against the Raiders as well. Darren Waller for 72 yards, Foster Moreau for 55 yards, so both the tight ends went for about 140 yards combined. Um, you know, didn't do too well in, in that game. The Washington Commanders, they actually beat the Washington Commanders 37-20, to 20, but still allowed Terry McLaurin to have 77 yards receiving and a touchdown. Jahan Dotson went for 76 yards and a touchdown. Um, Curtis Samuel, 52 yards as well, and oh, and a touchdown. Um, so didn't do too well at bottling up that receiving call there, granted, you know, in a win, granted. Um, Washington Commanders, also interestingly in that game, even though they were 17 points inferior to the 49ers, um, had 270 passing yards compared to the Niners, 218. Um, so that's just something to bear in mind as well. Um, so I don't think this 49ers defence has been particularly as stout as they would maybe like you to believe in the past couple of weeks. Um, I think they've struggled against some mediocre players, med- very mediocre quarterback, in my opinion, in Jared Stidham. Um, so just just a little just a little nugget there. Maybe maybe hold off on the, the juggernaut quotations that I've seen of this 49ers defence. Um, point two. This isn't going to be five minutes, I acknowledge that. But point two, the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers, we almost always play out close games. I'm not going to go into all of them because, like I said, I'm trying to keep this as short as I can to bring these two boys back in and not take up the whole of this segment. Um, But our whole rivalry in recent years, in the past decade or so, is built on close, single-play, defining games. They never blowouts, really. They're always close games. Same with the Rams. They're just, it's never that simple when the 49ers and the Seahawks get together. It's always close. It always goes down to the wire, regardless of how well one team's playing compared to the other. It always goes down to the wire, and that's what our rivalry has been built upon in, in recent years. A lot of close games. Third reason, it's the NFL playoffs. I, I, I don't need to say it anymore. Magical stories are, are written every single year. For goodness sake, the Jacksonville Jaguars are the fourth seed this year in the AFC. Anything can happen, um, as Josh Mimes how to me on mute. Exactly. Yes, how. Um, so it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Anything does happen. Anything will happen. Um, it, it's silly to, to think anything other than that. Reason four. Um, for me, the national media is playing right into the Seahawks' hands in terms of the American national media. Um, they are doing the biggest of favours to the Seattle Seahawks by writing them off every day of this week, every day, I go on to YouTube, I go on to social media, Twitter, everything, they've already won, already looking past them, I see reporters already say, well, I wonder how the Cowboys would match up and, and everything like this, and already looking past the Seahawks, already, yeah, we don't even need to talk about the Seahawks wildcard game, they're going to beat them. Um, have they not learned from B-Squake? Have they not learned from Super Bowl 48? Have they not learned from these times where the Seahawks have appeared in the playoffs and just completely written us off prior and only for the Seahawks to make them look stupid? Um, have they learned from this season? I mean, you know, obviously not. They're, they're just they're just talking as if the 49ers are on a bye week this week, that they've already won. 
And that's fine by me. Put all the spotlight on them. Take all that baggage away from us. Take all that pressure off our shoulders. They're just saying to the Seahawks, look, we're doing your job for you in that sense. You know, we're taking all the pressure off you and putting all the pressure on the 49ers. And, and you better believe those players watch the same stuff that we do. You better believe the Seahawks are watching the media this week and, and saying, oh, yeah, they've already beaten us. Yeah, no pressure on us then. All the, all, all the pressure's on Brock Purdy in his first playoff game. Let's see what he can do. Um, and fifth and finally, there's a famous quote in the NFL and American football, and that is, and a film, and that's just any given Sunday. It's zero to zero when that ball kicks off to start Saturday night. It's zero zero. Um, the game is exactly the same for both teams. They need to move the ball 10 yards downfield, score touchdowns and play defence. Same thing. It's 11 v 11. It's two, it's two sets of human beings in different colours going head to head. All we need to do is give them our best, give them everything we've got because that's all we can give. Um, let's, I, I, I put a phrase down here. Let's take the leashes off our dogs, right? And just go and, and let's just go and see who wants to play play ball with them. Let's just go and just take all that. You know how we, we did last season and we said, and this season where we've talked about Clint Hurt just saying, do you know what, defence, you know what, guys, just pin your ears back, go and get that foot, go on, go on, nothing, not going to coach you anything, you know, superior, not going to go into any tactical masterclass this week, just see ball, get ball, pin your ears back, go and hit them in the mouth, see if they want to play. Um, and, and and it's as simple as that. It, 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 and the main point to take from all of that for me is, as we've said already on this podcast, there's no pressure on these Seattle Seahawks. If we lose, we lose. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, do, I, do you know what? I'm confident. I'm, I'm quietly confident. I think these Seahawks are going to turn up pissed off, right? Pissed off that this national media and the whole NFL world is yet again. They must be sitting in that locker room and in those meetings going, are they really doing it again? Are they really doing it again in terms of writing us off and looking past us again? So they'll just turn up and go, do you know what, lads? As we've sat here today, they'll be saying the exact same thing, getting off the team coach, getting into the locker room on that night. It's no pressure. No pressure. We just play our game, run our plays, leave everything that we've got, leave every last bit of the playbook, put it all out on that field that we haven't used yet, use everything, do everything we can. And if we lose, we lose. But do you know what? And I'll tell you what as well, a little bonus point there on six, the weather don't look too good, does it? Weather don't do the weather looks like Seattle weather in San Francisco this Saturday. I don't know if you've checked it, but on my weather, on Met Office and all these weather apps, thunderstorms, raining, that is Seattle football weather. Right? Let's just see. The Kenquake. The, the Kenquake. Kenquake. The Kenquake. I like it. Um, but that's the main point for me. They keep writing this team off and they will not learn. I, I thought you, you were gonna go with the the cliche of um, it's hard to beat the same team three times in the season. It is hard season. to beat the same team. Yeah. Third time lucky. Third time lucky. We we have an outstanding record at Levi. I think every it, when we like hit hit the our prime like Legion Broom era. From that point on, whenever I'm sure when I looked at it, I could be wrong, but I'm pr- pretty sure that when I looked at the head-to-head, whenever the Niners beat us at home, we always won the next match when we went to their place. They never beat us twice in a row in Levi. There you go. You've got me. You've got me. You stay in your fence, Josh. We're taking over. 
crack on. I, I, you know, apart from the any given Sunday thing, and I was like, well, Pete, we're playing on a fucking Saturday, innit? I was like, no, fair play, Jim. Uh, you, you are now, I, I hand over the baton of eternal optimist to you um, hey. because I'm going to sit and watch and hopefully not swear too much at my telly. Um, and ho- just enjoy it. Exactly. There's nothing to lose, but that's, that's it. You don't it, need it, to swear. Oh no, because there'll definitely be some plays where you go, "What the fuck happened there?" Um, is that that's just Seahawks football? But I mean, I, I I can't take anything away from that, Jim. You've you've made some really good points. I think it, it's the the thing that I like about our chances the most are this is a team that's been written off all season. This is a team that is hungry for success. It's a young team. We're not the youngest in the NFL, statistically, but we've got young players. We've got a lot of rookies that start, and it's their first taste of playoff football, and they're going to want the most of it. Shelby Harris, in his whole career, has never made a playoff. This is his first playoff game. What, so he is two sacks of Shelby Harris? He is going to be up for it. I, I'd say at least one. But I, I think the, the thing that is going to drive us the most is going to be the hunger of this team. Bruce Irvin is a seasoned vet. He knows how it goes in the playoffs. He is going to play his heart out because this might be his last NFL contract. Al Woods, high possibility he will retire after this season. You know, the guy is in absolute clip. And for those of our listeners that aren't, military or no military terms clip means you're absolutely fucked all right gino is on a revenge tour of the not just the teams that he used to play for the nfl all right i, I still don't think I, I, i'll caveat by saying i don't think he deserves elite money but he's out to prove something and as we said earlier our players are starting to get hot and usually they'll get hot and fizzle out this is they have they're hot in the, in the last game of the season. If they carry that form through to this game, it is going to be some exciting football. So I'll leave it at that. To add to uh, Gino's revenge tour, I'll take you on a little playoff rabbit hole story. Buckle in. We'll start. I'll go mute for this one again. Gather around, From week one, the whole theme of this season for the Seahawks has been revenge tour. Ross, that. Then it went on to every single team Gino played. It's like, oh, revenge tour. And he, I'm, I'm right in saying he beat them all. He, he struck the revenge everywhere. Now, the playoffs is a new beast. It's a new chapter of the story because he's been beat by the Niners twice. This He's been beat by the Niners twice this season, but he's been too preoccupied on getting revenge on his old teams that now he can turn his focus onto getting revenge on the Niners. We go to Lincoln Financial Field and, ooh... It's the scary Eagles who look really shit against a bunch of backups. Like, their starters looked awful against the Giants. You don't know if they're the actual starters or backup. The Giants are that fucking shit. But they struggled. Jalen Hurts, is something's wrong with him. 
So, and we just love beating the Eagles. DK's deucing it. So, we then roll. And I made sure this is possible. I did a little prediction thing so I didn't make myself like a tip. And then we roll into the NFC Championship game. The ultimate revenge. Brady versus Gino. We're not in Germany. It's not pissing down. We're not on a shit turf. We dissect him apart. And then, to finish the revenge off perfectly with a crown, we go and beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And he goes, I still own you, Travis Kelsey. And I've got my revenge on you, lot for beating me. Boom. Perfect. It is like it is meant to be. Now, if the NFL wrote scripts, if they did, we're not saying they do. <laughs> um, uh, you haven't been on the training course with Quentin Tarantino and James Cameron. <laughs> um, if they wrote scripts, that would be a hell of a narrative to to have pulled through to the Super Bowl. Could could you imagine? Um, what is it? The America America's game for this Seattle Seahawks year oh. with the just pure revenge. All the, how how fucking fantasy land would it be if you actually went and it genuinely was a full revenge tour somehow, some way? And we're talking fucking crazy pills here. Like mm. anyone's <laughs> listening, just stick with yeah, us. We'll get that normality. Here, guys. It's blue sky thinking this. <laughs> We'll get back to normality in a minute, but hopefully you've joined the ride and you're stuck with us because could you just imagine? It's just it's almost like it's written because it, it, that that genuinely is a f- complete revenge tour. What genuinely can happen? Right now you've said that I want to know some answers to these questions. Right? If because yeah. if that happens, a film has got to be made. I don't care. A film has to be. I better be able to go down to my local cine world and watch the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> film about them winning the Super Bowl this year. So if that did happen, right, I want to know who would play Pete Carroll in that film, right? Who'd play Geno Smith, right? Will Smith. Geno Smith. Will Smith. Nah, Obviously. Den- Den- Denzel, because he's old. Do you know what? Do you know what? Ooh, I did Denzel think of Denzel. <laughs> I did think of Denzel, but I thought he's too old. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get Will Smith in for Geno Smith, and then Pete Carroll will get, we'll get a, a, a George Clooney or someone. George Clooney. Really? George Clooney's far too suave to play Pete Carroll. You need someone proper old. Mm. Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Mm. Uh, Well, I was even thinking... He can play a good, good, like, you know, baddie, moody kind of... He has to to be a baddie if it's Pete Carroll's Pez film. Pete Carroll has to be a baddie in that film. Um, Al Pacino, get him out of retirement. Die is a great. Sorry, I'm, I'm calling it now. Pete Carroll will be Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. Look, look, look at pictures <laughs> of Dick Van Dyke right now. Like, <laughs> just without his awful uh, Cockney accent from Mary Poppins. Oh, man. You, do, totally, you know what I mean now, don't you? Yes, well, you're too totally young to know that. little fun segment there that I brought up on this podcast. I do apologise, <laughs> but that, that got me let, let us know. Any, anyone, yes. let us know. If you listen, please comment, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. We'd love to know who, who you who think. Who would star in the roles? I'm, go, I'm going Denzel and Dick Van Dyke. 
Do you know what? Because yeah. I was genuinely sat there on a predictor thinking, like, how can I do the ultimate revenge tour through the playoffs? And I went through it and I got it. And then I got carried away with myself because I started visualising that we could. And then I got really excited thinking, I can't wait for the America's game to come out to watch that. And then I realised, I was like, yeah, you need to you need to go out and get some fresh air, mate. <laughs> do you think, though, if we beat the Niners, do you think someone like a Shanahan would be fired? Do you think that could no. be on the... No? Do you think he'd get fired? I mean, that's summer. It would be a leaves, hell of a loss if he, it did. He only leaves that position when he wants to leave. Because mm. the thing you've got to think, the Niners have gone through a couple of lean years as it is, and he stayed. And now they're back on the up. Mm. Like, he won't get sacked. And there's no chance in a million years. He, he, The only way he leaves that job is when he turns around and says, nah, I'm going to go and work for CBS for fucking eight figures. Like, That's fair. He, can I, he, he I, just I, controls. Have, having thought as well, can I, can I just put two names out there as well? Just going back to the film. Can. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say uh, Jamie Foxx. I was thinking Jamie Foxx. Oh, Jamie. Oh, or, yeah. or Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. I've heard that name. Blade. Demolition Man. Oh, I told you this before. I'm not into Marvel. I'm Murder not into at 1600. CD. Hey? Murder at 1600. Absolute all-time classic. Mate, could be Murder at My Neighbours House. I still wouldn't know who it is. Oh, my God. I do not know who Wesley Snipes is. Have you never seen De- Demolition Man with Sylvester no. Stallone? Oh, what a belting film. Hey, well, we're, 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 we're turning to the Hawk's Nest podcast here talking about films, but I'm, I'm so disappointed. And, and, and that's, that's no disrespect to the Hawk's Nest. I love you guys. You're brilliant. Um, but, uh, James, you disappoint me. I told you, I'm not into Marvel. I'm not into CD. Look at him. Wesley Snipes. Look at that. What, for Gino? Yeah. What, with that haircut? Oh, I tell you what. No. With that haircut? Yeah. The, the best thing about having hair, not that Pez knows this on his head, is that you can get it cut in different styles. That, that was a sly little shot there as he's gone on mute and out of his camera, hey, Josh. To be Good honest, timing. he's got a better beard, better beard than I could ever grow, so I don't really care. Fair enough. Um, is there any other way for you, Josh, that I haven't mentioned that you could see us potentially beating the Niners this week? Or, or are you just confined into the fact that we will get beat? Or can you can you see us beat? No, no I'm, I'm not confined to that fact. Okay. I, I think it's going to take a... I said it before, it's going to be a cumulative effort. It's going to be we stop Christian McCaffrey. Uh, we put pressure on Brock Purdy. As Pez said, he, he between him and Trevor Lawrence this season... They have been to the the young quarterbacks that I've seen get the ball out of their hands quicker than anyone else. But part of that is because their head coach is like, I just want to protect you. Just get it out of your hands. Here's a quick route. Um, If we put pressure on Purdy from all angles and make it constant pressure to the point where every time it comes, he goes, oh, my God, they're going to try to get at me again. That would slow them down. Mm. Keep someone, man, just go to man now, if someone just shoot at Christian McCaffrey, the fastest player, the fastest defender we've got. I don't care who it is. Uh, that'd be a boy for me, Boye Marfe. That'd be a specialist thing for him. Just get him on. Say we're in man coverage. You just go after Christian McCaffrey. And on offense, we just need Gino just to command it. We need our O line to hold up. Give Gino a couple more seconds. And just let Gino make the right decisions. I would love us just to have more time in possession and just slowly march up the field and execute in the red zone. 
if we have to go for kicks every time we're in the red zone because we cannot execute, then that will be our downfall. And that's one of that's been our downfall all season. The majority of our TDs have come outside the red zone. You know, throw yeah. in. And I think, you know, we, we just need to we need to find that juice in the red zone so mm-hmm. we can just complete. And if we do that, I think we'll be fine. Uh, we also need to hope that the 49ers hate playing in the rain and the uh, not beating us two times in a row curse lives up. Mm-hmm. I think for me, just if, a few things. if it does pour down, obviously you you tend to lean towards the running game. So then for me, I think we've got a, that the two outside linebackers in, in the sense of Uchina Nwosu and Boye Mafe and Daryl Taylor and all these guys basically we have to set the edge. We have to win on the edge. We have mm-hmm. to force Christian McCaffrey, Debo, or anyone they want to use, um, Elijah Mitchell. We have to force them to run through the middle of the offensive line, um, because I think if you if you lose that outside edge to guys like McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk and anyone they want to run, Mitchell, you're just going to get killed by them. You can't let them have free runs down the down the uh, down the outside. So I think as we've touched on him this podcast by Mafia, as we've said, he's done really well. He has to play an excellent game. Daryl Taylor has to play an excellent game. Our edge rushes, not, not again, not particularly just to get to the quarterback, just to win that edge and force running players up the middle of the field because and, and force them into the stomach and into the bellies of Big Al Woods and Miles Adams and Puna. And, and I know we haven't been great at defending the run this year, but I, I'd much more fancy my chances of us stopping the run if we were forcing those runners into Al Woods rather than sort of on the outside because we know what we're like missing tackles in that open field and that that's a big key to our defence in terms of where we can stop this 49ers offence but look, it is a tough task for all that we've kind of joked and said that you know we are quietly confident that an upset can happen. It, it's going to take a monumental effort. It is going to take a Hollywood effort. Um, but Pez, realistically, can we do it? Are we going to do it? Or, or, or do you? Yeah, what's your head and your heart saying? Um, we we can do it, of course. Like we, we but like it's everything you two both just said. We need everything to click. We need aggression. On on defence, we need that aggression. If I see the first couple of series of this game and we're playing flat, conservative, safe defence, mm, going to be fucking disgusting to watch. But if we play fast, aggressive, you get your Kobe Bryant, you get your, your little whippersnappers, your little hungry, just go and chase the ball. Like you said, go and chase the ball. <laughs> Hopping around like a fucking puppy, getting overexcited. And I see that, then I'll, I'll I'll be quietly confident that we can keep it close. Because you see things like this all the time, and it might just be a case of that they are just that good and they're just going to fucking walk all over us, like they did when they came to Lumen Field a couple of weeks ago. Um, but you don't know, you see it all the time. You see it all the time, these big, heavy favourites. And like, like I said at the start, we're the one team they probably see in, in that facility they probably didn't want to see in this round. So if there's one team who could fuck, them, fuck the plans up, it will be us, in my opinion. If there's one team who will stop them getting to that Super Bowl, is if we beat them. If we don't beat them, they'll be in that Super Bowl. There's no other team in this NFC who will get anywhere near them. 
Interesting. Interesting, Josh. Do you want to have a quick shout out for Blessed CBD, our, our main sponsor, and then we'll get to Positive Pez? I do. Uh, back to it last week, Blessed CBD, our longest standing sponsor, still going strong. Um, we are still partnered with them. You can use our code Seahawk at checkout for 10% off your order. Uh, go to blessedcbd.com um, and have a look at everything that they get they have to offer they've got oils they've got vapes they've got oh tablets gummies the lot uh i'm, I'm still taking mine i've uh, i've got to order some more actually um and yeah everything you do with them really helps out the pod as well uh, massive shout out to blessed they've been really hot on contacting us recently and we're gonna well we're gonna help each other along the way thank you blessed cbd Thank you, Blessed CBD indeed. Thank you to everyone who's using our discount code. As always, you're helping out the podcast massively. And of course, we always do encourage you to do that um, if that will benefit you. Um, right. Potentially, again, as I said last week, in the context of a football game being played, because I will openly admit I thought last week was going to be the last one. But here we are yet again preparing for a positive Pez in context of a football game because we will have them going forward, but this could be the last one of the season. Positive Pez in terms of this week's game. What are you positive about, my friend? Josh, are you ready? Three, Pause. two. Oh, I was ready to go off the rip. Three, two, one. Positive, positive Pez. Positive, positive Pez. Pez. What, what are you positive, positive about this about week? It's good as you're going to get. Started it good and then there must be a lag on the audio because you're in sync and then Josh like slows down. It is Josh's fault. Yeah, I know, yeah, but it's fine. You're going to have to pre-record this, guys, get in the booth. But thank you anyway. I always appreciate it. That's, that's right. For, ne for next season, that's it. We'll, we'll get in the recording booth. We'll get a little jingle going. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, right, Pez, so the floor is yours. Oof. Open the door. Let the cloud of positivity take over you as you come into my domain of overhype and good wishes. So this week, this week, this week, we're going to... Mm, DK Metcalf is one that keeps coming to mind. When I was thinking about my segment, it's been quiet. Him and we mentioned it, him and uh, Gino just don't seem to be clicking. Two games in a row. Don't think we're going to see a third game in a row where DK is going to be as quiet as he's been these last two. I anticipate DK is going to just be full attack. You were talking, you were rhyming all them stats off on the last couple of games of these receivers with 70 plus yards. Uh, I'm going to say that DK, I think he's going to hit 100 yards. I think he's going to, he's just, he's just going to go into a different zone, unleash himself. Um, I'm, I'm sticking with my Dorit Young from last week with the two receptions. I think that's just 
released the valve and now he's letting the water flow through for him because he's, he's clearly starting to get noticed a little bit more. And I think he's going to, like I said in the pod, I think he's going to surprisingly be targeted more frequently in this game, actually built into the game plan. His speed's going to be used. So I'm going to call that he's going to he's going to have say, say the catchphrase. Sorry, you could, you've got to start with the catchphrase. I've got to interrupt you there. I call it now. He's going to have at least ten yards off a jet sweep this game. Because if you notice, and everyone who's like, "Oh, shut the fuck up," we're in the we're in the atmospheric positivity land here. So anything's capable. But if you look, remember the last couple of games, he's been running them. He's been running across the line as the dummy. To me, as long as Waldron's allowed to play his game, he's doing one this game. They've been they've been teasing it for too long now not to do one. And he'll break that fucker off. I'm telling you right now because what's going to happen and I'll break it down for you even more because I'm that confident. He's going to run from the side that Tyler's on to the side DK's on and DK loves being lead block. He's going to absolutely destroy his guy down the side and he's just going to go 10 plus yards off a jet sweep. Hear that. We're going to have the Ken Quick. I like what I said before. He died, oh, that motherfucker's going. And I mean going. No, oh, but it's a Niners defence. He possibly can't do it. This is the game he will do it. This is the game he's going to break one of them big bitches off. Who was it against? The Saints, 60 yards. See you later. Is that it? Nope. It's got to be a big one. It's got to be a big one. It could be the last. Like you said, James, it could be the last of the last. playoffs. We're going to we're gonna fucking batter the Niners. <laughs> we're going to batter them by winning by one point. And do you know how dirty it's going to be? Do you know how disgusting it's going to be how we're going to win this game? We're going to have possession of the ball with... A minute-ish left on the clock. Niners, tails are up. Gino. Gino gets sacked for 10 yards on this drive. DK bails him out, regains it back. With five seconds left on the clock, Tyler Lockett with the beautiful toe tap on the edge of the field to stop the clock. Four seconds J-Mai, all pro J-Mai, should I say, comes in, boom, we win it. There's like the god of like playoff football, like future come and visited you in a dream last night or something. <laughs> that was very specific. I know. I, also, but it's going to happen. It's gonna, it's gonna... Our, our only all pro, Jason Myers. Oh, God. Yep. Congrats, J-Mai. And but... the defence, the defence... Do you know Daryl Taylor's on nine and a half sacks? By the time this game's all said and done, he'll be on a solid round 12 or 13 sacks. 
you two got me excited about Daryl Taylor and I've been thinking about it and I'm like, he has, he has become more noticeable again. And if we get the Daryl Taylor like we have when he gets hot and he's unstoppable with Nichenna on the other side, <whistles> night, night. We're gonna be, we're gonna do surprisingly well again and slowing down Brock Purdy. I love it, Ben. I love it. So Daryl just just to recap. So we've got a Daryl Taylor, you're saying minimum, minimum about three and a half to four and a half sack game. Three and a half. Three and a half sack game. Three and okay. a half. Um I'm all with you on the Ken Quick. I love that. And if that happens, right, you'll get another T-shirt and we're getting that trademark before anyone else comes in with that. It's only that right now. <laughs> Call that right now. Um, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go into the rest of them because you'll just criticise me, as you always do, hijacking your segment. All I'm going to say is I love Ken Quick. I'm all over that. Daryl Taylor might be... That one might be in the absolute realm of your whatever you call it, your smoke and hallucinogen fucking world that you're on about. Um, uh, although, although the, the, just, just to add some weight to it, t- DT typically rushes off the left side of our defence, which is going to be their weaker side because they've got Trent Williams on, as their left tackle who's going to, who, and Chenna's going to be going up against. Mm-hmm. So I think you've got more chance of him doing it than Chenna has. I'll give you that. And don't worry, just as a little sprinkle at the end, the oh, cherry yeah. to the top. Tariq Wollen has been quiet. I was waiting for him. Far too quiet, in my opinion. Don't start having a go. George at Kittle. George Kittle. George Kittle or George Kittle's unstoppable at the moment. Well, when he's like that, oh, oh, no. He's going to see Tariq running the opposite direction. Pick six? No. No, not fix it. I, I burnt myself out on doing yeah, you have a little bit to Jeff sweeps and Ken Quakes and stuff. Yeah. He's just gonna he's just gonna remind everyone when Sauce wins defensive rookie of the year and he's not in the playoffs, what he can do when he's in the playoffs. I like it. A Tariq Woolen playoff pick. I am do you know what? I fancy that more than a Ken Quake. I don't know about you guys, but I'm more excited about that. Um <laughs> Tell you what, right, Josh? Anything, anything more to add before we wrap it up? I genuinely haven't. I think the 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 positivity that you two are showing is starting to flow through me. Good. And I have the belief now. All I've got to do is remember which my lucky jersey was until we started losing, um, and just wear that and lucky everything and hope to God we pull it out because what a story it'll be. Yeah, I know, but there's, there's different types of 12 ones, mate. Josh, oh, I just... Josh, Josh, I, I still feel like there's a bit of fear in your voice. So let it's, me not just, fear. Let, it's not fear. It's not fear. Let me just say you, at half time, when you... And you're looking at the scoreboard... There might be more routes for rum. But looking, looking at the scoreboard and, and then just looking like, how are we... Seven points up at half time. Then come back to me. Because that's what you're looking forward to on Saturday night. Oh, our, our Discord's going to be uh, going to be interesting for this game. Yes, it is. Right, score predictions before we before we wrap it up. Oh God. 
Pez, you go first. Well, I'm going to go with Ma. We're going to win in the most disgusting, ugliest, horrible fashion of one to two points. So I just need to figure out scoring. Can you possibly get like, a, I'm, t- I'm talking ball from 20, mid 20s. Can you get like a 26, 25 or a 26, 24 with field goals and. You could get 27, 24. No, no, it needs to be within the realms of one. Oh, I, I apologize. It needs to be disgusting. It needs to be like a safety. Our hearts are about to rip out of our chest. Yeah. You can get 26. Well, no, we're we're going to win by the last second field goal. That's how we're winning this game. All right, okay. I, 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 sorry, I, I, as, I, as we've previously clarified, a ghost has came to Pez in the dream. So I do, I do, I do, I do uh, apologise. Yes, the field goal is winning this oh, game. Oh, 28-27. Uh, yeah, 28-27. That we found it. Hey, yeah, you found it, Josh. Don't fail on us now. Don't, don't fail on us now. 17. That's not a good start. To us. That's an even worse start. And well, scrap that. This begins with a two. 20, 20, points, 20 points to 17 to us. Okay. Okay. I was thinking something along the lines of Here we go. Here we fucking go. <laughs> You've still got flashbacks from 41, 37, 38 from here, right? um, It's not that dramatic because as, as optimist as I am now with a baton in hand, um, I don't think we're going to put up 40 points on this 49ers defence. However, I do think they're a slight, slight bit of a red herring in the last couple of weeks. I don't think, that, like I said, I don't think they've been as stout as they would like you to believe in the past couple of weeks. Um, so I will go with 30 to 24 to the CLC Hawks. And the Hollywood film adds another chapter to its to its storyline. Then we need to start writing the script. Oh, the script? Script's up. Well, Gino's not writing it. He ain't writing back. Um, so... <laughs> oh, brunch. Yeah. Hey, I'm here all week. I'm here every week. Um... As, as I'm very thankful to you all, this lovely listeners are here every week. I don't know how, I don't know why, as always. Um, but here you are again, listening to us chat, absolute shite. Um, but obviously you must enjoy it. So thanks very much. Um, as always, whatever happens this weekend, we will be back next week to talk about it. And then obviously whenever that time comes, whether it be next week or the week after, whenever, or whether it's in February after the confetti has fallen in blue and green, um, we will get on to the off-season and the draft and free agency and all that good stuff and season reviews and a lot of off-season stuff coming. Um, so stay tuned over the next couple of weeks. To all the listeners, I just want you to have a quick think now of the thought of being Super Bowl champions with the fifth overall pick in the draft next year. It's pretty dirty, isn't it? Pretty dirty, Pez. A boy can dream. A boy can dream. And a boy will dream until probably about midnight on Saturday night. But anyway, um, thank you all, as always, for listening. Thank you so much. You're giving it till midnight. I'm giving it till midnight, yeah.
Well, yeah, well, as you said, Ghost of Playoff Future says we're going to be up at half time by seven, so never mind. Um, yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. As always, though, whatever happens, we'll be back. We'll be talking all, all things Seahawks next week, um, so stay tuned. Thanks always for listening. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, anything. Just search We Talk Seahawks and we will be on there waiting for you. Um, obviously, join our Discord, as we've said. Um, the link to that is in our Twitter. Um, and yeah, man, go Hawks, man. Go Hawks. 35-24, go Hawks.